Good evening. I'd like to welcome you to Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church. Thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this midweek time of devotion and prayer. If this is your first time joining us, we welcome you. Today's date is July the 21st. July the 21st is very special to me and my family. It was 20 years ago today that God brought together my beautiful wife, Kelly, and me in marriage. Today is our 20th wedding anniversary. I'm so grateful to God that he answered my prayer and bringing me a beautiful Christian wife. And so today, I thought I would just share with you some things that I've learned over these past 20 years to help us to make it this far. And I pray that we will continue to have many, many more happy years of marriage. But many of you could share things that you've learned through the course of the years. And I'm so blessed to have had great uh, models and my mom and dad who were married 69 years. And, and I'm so grateful that my wife Kelly's parents have been married many, many years. I'm not sure the exact number, but I'm so thankful that we've had great examples for us. But there are many things that I've learned through the course of years, through the course of the years. And I pray that some of these things I've learned will help you maybe in your marriage or not only in your marriage, but maybe in some relationships that you're in. Someone told me years ago that the greatest two words that I needed to know to make a successful marriage is, yes, dear. <laughs> so I've tried to practice through the years saying, yes, dear, when my wife has asked me to do something. But seriously, I want to share with you briefly some of the things that I've learned. Certainly, in order for a marriage to work, to survive, you've got to have love. And many times when I do pre-marriage counseling, I'll ask a couple, what is your definition of love? And they sometimes give many different answers. I've told you before, if they're a really young couple, they might say, it's this feeling, this feeling that I get when I'm with them. I, I get this feeling. Well, you and I both know that love is more than a feeling. Certainly you have sweaty palms or butterflies in your stomach or your heart pounding maybe when you first fell in love or you started dating and you thought this might be the one. But what happens when those feelings end? It, it must be much deeper. I've often shared with couples that love is a commitment. We love whether we feel like it or not. We love through the good and the bad and the thick and the thin and and happy and sad. And so we make a commitment to love no matter how we feel. And then Paul said these beautiful words that many of you will be familiar with in Ephesians chapter 5. Beginning with verse 25, Paul wrote, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, 
Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed and cared for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. A beautiful passage out of Ephesians that talks about the husband loving his wife and the wife loving her husband and them having a mutual respect for one another, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So love should be sacrificial. Love should be unconditional. And then Paul said these beautiful words that are often read at a wedding out of 1 Corinthians 13, the, the love chapter. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to the hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Now there's a definition of what the kind of love God wants us to have for one another described beautifully in 1 Corinthians 13. I challenge you to, to read over that passage thoroughly, carefully, and ask the Lord how he would have you to uh, grow from this and to apply it to your life. But I want to share with you the importance of loving one another, both yes in word and in deed. And it's important that you tell your spouse daily that you love them. Tell your children, if you have children, that you love them. Tell your parents, if they're living, that you love them. Um, as many of you heard me share this past Sunday, my daughter Sophie and I were in a very bad wreck this past Friday and as I shared it it opened my eyes to see how precious each day is and how we need to 
love one another daily and not sweat the small stuff or get bent out of shape about things that don't, as my dad used to say, mount to a hill of beans. So I challenge you to share your love with your spouse, not only in word, but indeed doing things for them, which leads me to the second thing I've learned that not only are we to love, but we are to look to their needs and to look to find good. I share with couples, when you marry, it's not all about you, but as a matter of fact, you are doing things thinking of their needs before your own. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 2, which actually I've shared with you before is a great passage, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. So you can't be selfish in a marriage or in a relationship. You have to look to others. And that means sometimes giving up what you want to do for their good or need. And I, I share this uh, jokingly, but just to make the point, before Kelly and I got married, uh, for 34 years, I had slept on the left side of the bed. And uh, when Kelly and I got married, she shared with me that that was the side she slept on. Well, you would think me being older, I would get my way and getting to sleep on the side I always slept on. But instead, I gave up my side of the bed so Kelly could uh, have the place where she had always slept. So that's why I haven't slept in over 20 years. I'm kidding. But the truth is, we can't just think about self. We have to humble ourselves and look at meeting the needs of our spouse or looking to meet the needs of others. And then when I shared about we must look to find good, when you are married or when you're in a relationship, sometimes you begin to see their faults and you get to see their quirks and their habits. And sometimes when you're tired or you're upset, they're magnified. Whether it's uh, chewing food with their mouth open or someone snoring or, or the way they do their nightly routine. But Paul shares these beautiful words in Ephesians 4, 29, and 30. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but for only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So look to find good in your spouse. Don't look to find fault. Don't look to put them down, but build them up and and even though you might not think anything of it, but if you're putting down your spouse in front of your children, what example is that setting? Is that how they're going to speak to their spouse one day when when they get married or older? So, or, or when you're talking to your spouse, maybe upset about something at a restaurant or wherever you may be, people are listening. So we want to make sure that we build them up and don't let any unwholesome talk come out because... When we do that, it grieves the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. So I have learned through the years to 
look to the interest of my wife and to look to find good and not just find fault. Third thing I've learned is to listen. My wife has had to remind me of this several times that sometimes I'm guilty of, of being distracted or multitasking and and we are to listen not only with our ears, but with our eyes. And, and my wife will say, are you listening to me? And she'll stop talking until I'm all in, that I'm focused on listening. And it's important that many times we listen. And you've heard me share that statement that God gave us uh, two ears and only one mouth, that we are to listen twice as much as we speak. But then there's a beautiful passage that we've talked about out of James chapter 1, uh, beginning with verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Did you hear that? We should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human righteousness or human anger does not fulfill the righteousness that God desires. So tonight I challenge you to listen to one another. Um, and I've shared this with couples. Look, if you won't listen to your wife or you won't listen to your husband many times, that's when people get into trouble. They'll go and talk to people who will listen. And I've seen affairs being born out of a man or a woman who listened and tried to understand someone when their spouse would not. So I hope and pray tonight that we would listen. I've learned to listen, and, and I'm trying my best tonight to listen to what, what my wife shared that she goes, you don't need to have a 30-minute devotion. People won't listen to more than about 15 minutes or so. So I'm trying to speed up, trying to listen to my wife to get through this devotion tonight. But then we also must learn to forgive. I've learned that through the course of time, we will have some intense moments of fellowship, but we can't hold a grudge. Ephesians 4.32 that we've shared quite often, Paul said, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as in Christ God forgave you. So please learn to forgive one another. And it's important that you talk through it, work through it, because if you don't work through it today, then two weeks down the road or so, something little may happen and you just explode on the other and you say, where did that come from? Well, it wasn't so much that uh, event that bothered you. It was what happened two or three weeks ago that you failed to talk about. But learn to forgive one another just as in Christ, God forgave you and me. The next thing I've learned through the course of our marriage and the importance in relationships is to laugh. Uh, laughter is good medicine. Proverbs seventeen twenty two says a cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Uh, it's important that we laugh together. It's important that we don't laugh at one another, especially if something bad happens to the other, but we laugh with one another. So I pray that you would 
laugh together. That's therapeutic. Sometimes we have to laugh or we'll cry. Don't take things so seriously that we can't laugh with each other or laugh at ourselves. But then the last thing, and I could go on and on, but the last thing that I wanted to share with you is you must let Christ be the foundation of your marriage. Let him be the glue. Let him be the game changer. Let him be the one that holds your marriage together. And I'd like to go back to Ephesians when Paul said in verse 21 of Ephesians 5, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then over in James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, submit yourselves then to God. It's important to make a marriage survive or to help a relationship thrive that Christ must be at the center. And when couples begin to drift away from God, when God is not in the mix, then their marriage begins to crumble and fall. I've often shared with couples like a triangle, and I've said God's at the top, and we're here on each side. And I said, when we are growing closer to him, that will cause you to grow closer to one, with one another. We think when we become intimate with one another physically that that's as close as you become, but when we become spiritually connected, that's when you really grow close with one another. We submit to one another out of reverence for Christ as we submit to him. You've heard me say couples that pray together stay together. Just this week, and today is actually our anniversary, but Kelly and I uh, went out to eat on Monday night, and as we came back, we went out to the cross here beside the church, and we just prayed together. Uh, we thanked God for everything that he's blessed us with these last 20 years, bringing us together, blessing us with three beautiful children, thanking God that Sophie and I were able to walk away from this this very uh, bad accident. We we just gave God glory. We prayed for our children. We prayed for you in this church. We just gave God all the glory for his faithfulness and answering prayer. And, and I challenge you to do that. Pray with your spouse, even though you might feel uncomfortable at first. Pray together. Read God's word together. And I'll be honest, I'm guilty of not doing that as often as I should with my wife. And we try to do devotions with our children. People get busy. Time runs out and then you fail to do something. You had good intention, but you don't. But I challenge you, pray with your spouse or with your family. Or, or pray. if you're single, have a, a prayer partner that you can talk to or pray with. But then also worship together. So many times I've told couples when I meet with them, pre-marriage counseling, it's important to worship together. And if not here, somewhere where you can come together, worshiping the, the living God who's brought you together. And I'll tell them the importance when you have a family to bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord 
Train a child in the way they should go, and so when they are old, they will not depart or turn from it. So I challenge you tonight to allow Christ to be at the center of your marriage. I can just tell you right now that God brought my wife and me together. God, through the love of Jesus and the power of his spirit, has been the glue to, to hold us together. And I can honestly say that it's hard to believe, but my, my love for my wife has grown through the passing of time. Um, the closer I get was an old song, the, the deeper I, I fall. And so I'm, I'm so grateful that the closer we grow in our relationship with the Lord, the closer we'll go in our, grow in our relationship with our spouse. But again, I could go on and on, but I'm trying to, to wrap this up tonight. So I just hope that these words have encouraged you. And if you're married with your spouse, I'm sure many of you could give me words of advice. I don't have it all figured out, but these are just some things that God has taught me and shown us through the course of these 20 years. I'm sure Kelly uh, could give you a whole nother set of things that she's learned and some things I may not want her to share, but but I'm so grateful to God that he's blessed me with the beautiful wife, Kelly. I just want you to know how much I love you. You are a gift from God. Happy anniversary to you. I pray God's blessings upon you and our marriage for many, many more years. And I pray God's blessings upon you and your marriage. Or if you're looking for that special someone that God will bring you at just the right time, that special someone that you can spend your life with. Or if you're just uh, in a friendship or having trouble with a family member, that some of these things will help you to improve your relationship as well. But tonight I want us to have a time of prayer you should have received if you're on our uh, email list, a prayer list. We have folks that are in critical condition that are battling for their lives and we want to lift them up. We have folks that continue to grieve. We have folks that are going through treatments we have some uh, folks that are in the hospital right now or folks having surgery even today. And so we just lift all of them up and any other needs and continue to pray for this virus to end and this new variant or strand and pray that it would not set folks back or the schools back for healing in our land and our world. And so uh, I invite you to just join me as we pray together. God, thank you for being a faithful, loving God. And God, I thank you so much for blessing us beyond measure. And Father, may we never take for granted the, the love you have shown us for what Jesus did when he died on the cross, the ultimate sacrifice so that we might have life. And Father, I just pray that if there are folks watching tonight and they've never given their heart and life to you, that they might come to know Jesus even now, God, that they would humble themselves, confess their sin, and invite you to come in. For they'll never find real peace and joy, Father, in their life until they get things right with you first. 
Father, I'm, I'm so grateful for answered prayer. Thank you for bringing my beautiful wife into my life. Um, Father, all those years ago and blessing us, Father, with three beautiful children. And Lord, I pray that you would give us many, many more years together of, of uh, happiness and good health and service to you. And what a great partner in ministry she's been to me and a great support to me. And Father, I've learned so much from her. She's always been wise beyond her years. And I'm grateful for that, that she speaks truth to me, not just what I want to hear, but she uh, shares honestly and lovingly what I need to hear. And Father, I just pray for all these prayer requests tonight. We have folks, Lord, that are critical, uh, some that are, Father, in hospice care. I pray for your comfort, your strength. Lord, I prayed for a miracle of healing, but I pray if it's your will for them to, to transition, Father, into their eternal life, that it would be a smooth transition, comfort their families. Bless those, Father, that are going through treatments, those that are uh, Father, even today have had surgery. We pray for the success of their surgery and for a speedy recovery. Father, I just thank you and praise you for this church, for the great things you have done and are doing. Thank you for the great Vacation Bible School, for Mary Rainwater and all of our teachers, workers, and volunteers. I praise you, God for uh, 15 children who prayed to receive you as their Lord and Savior. And I pray, Lord, that when we meet with them and their parents, that many of them will be ready for that next step and follow through believers' baptism. And Lord, we just praise you for these decisions. And Lord, I'm grateful to see folks coming back to church and seeing new faces and some of our faithful folks coming back. And Lord, I pray tonight that you would uh, give the encouragement to some folks who haven't or have gotten out of the habit or the routine. May they know the importance of fellowshipping and worshiping together. And Father, being an example to a lost world of whose team we're on. We're on your team, Lord. And so Father, bless these, uh, again, every person watching Bless these services as we plan, God, to come out of the wilderness on Wednesday nights and the new uh, look on Sunday evenings. And Father, may everything we say and do be glorifying to you. Keep us in step with your spirit. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. Thank you, Lord. We love you and we praise you in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. I want to thank you so much for worshiping with us tonight. And I see by the time I went longer than I had intended. So I hope my wife won't be mad at me. But thank you for being patient with me and us. I hope and pray that again you would join us once again for worship. We are gearing up to come back on Wednesday nights. And I'll give you more details. But we're looking forward to coming back with you all. Uh, in, in August, and I'll share the exact date uh, a little bit down the road. And then we're working on the small groups for Sunday nights. And then the last Sunday night, 
of the, the month, every other month, we're going to have a service where we'll all come together. I do know August 29th, we're planning a creek baptism at Happy Jack Farm, and we're looking maybe to have some music and refreshments, maybe some watermelon and cantaloupe, but it'll be a really just a time we can fellowship together and celebrate these baptisms and what God is, is doing. But also be in prayer for our mission endeavors and our evangelism projects. That'll be every other month on the last Sunday night of the month where we'll come together to uh, reach out to our community or, or to folks uh, all across the country and world with the love of Christ. So I'm excited. Again, be patient with us as we're working through and some of these things uh, we will you know try and and hopefully and prayerfully you will be receptive to what god is doing and and we're excited about it so thank you again for your patience and your love don't forget how much god loves you and we love you too have a blessed and wonderful night and tell someone you love them tonight thank you and god bless